Welcome to my first time. I'm Mary Jo Smith. I'm Colleen Smith. No, no relation. relation. <laughs> it's May 1st. Yes. Happy May. Right? This is May Yeah, 1st. I had to like actually go through the months. Yeah. My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's May. Yeah. Uh, we have some fabulous guests tonight. We have Bronson Jones. Hello. 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 We have Sarah Baker. Hi. And we have Pete Zayas. Hello. And as always, uh, Ian Phone Smith. I'm here. He's here. Related to me. Not related to me. <laughs> Um, the theme this month is the first time I won an award. Yay! So I'm going first. Um, okay. That's, this is our first award of the evening, Colleen's story. <laughs> so I definitely got all of the awards you get. Like, um, I know people think only millennials got them, but that's a lie because I'm a millennial cusp and I got those like just awards for achievement. Um, and I went to a Catholic school, so they didn't have to give awards. They could have been me. Oh, you mean like awards like, not best. Like participation. Yeah. Participation awards. Like people were getting those way before millennials mm-hmm. came around. Um, but uh, then I had a couple of awards before we get to my actual award thing. So I want to be truthful that this isn't my first award. It's just my most significant early first award. Mm. Okay. So... Um, <laughs> I, I did this theater program two summers in a row. It was one of those things where you get dropped off for like four hours and you, you know, play improv games and at some point they cast plays and you do them. Um, and I did them when I was 12 and 13. And uh, 13 was the oldest you could be in this thing. And when you were 13, you were part of the older group where you wrote your own play. And we had been given a director, like a teacher, who was probably, you know, younger than I am now. He had a ponytail. Um, and he, he was, he tried to take control of, no, he had control of this group, but in my mind, this was my group and I was in control. (laughs) And so, um, there was like a weird power struggle between 13 year old me and 20 something theater guy with ponytail. And I won because the kids liked me better and I drove him insane. And (laughs) at the end of the thing, they give you an award. Everybody gets an award. And they're personalized. And mine was something, and I can't remember what it was, but when I was, I, it was a long word that I didn't know the definition of. And I went home and showed it to my parents. And my dad was like, that's an insult. Mm. Um, and it was a word like tenacious or pernicious. Mm. Like it was something that basically meant pain in, pain in my ass. Right. <laughs> so I got a pain in my ass award. <laughs> but um, the real award started coming in in speech. In mm. high school. Mm. So um, I joined speech, and uh, at the same time I joined or joined high school, the same time I entered high school, I just got my period, cut my hair short for no apparent reason, <laughs> just to make like life worse for myself, had giant green um, Sally Jesse Raphael-sized <laughs> glasses, Ugh. never wore makeup. This and is like the, the picture that is from our My First, My First Time poster, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. What, that is from that same era. That's what I look like. Big glasses. Imagine um, Barb from Stranger Things, yes, right. but without pretty makeup and no feathered hair. Just, <laughs> and a TV contract. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's what I look like. And you were tall already. And Yeah, 6'1". Yeah. Full-on 6'1", freshman. So sophomore year, I joined the speech team, and I did impromptu. I did very well in impromptu. Mm-hmm. I took first in the state. Wow. So that actually is the first big award that I won that wasn't an insult uh, and wasn't just <laughs> given to everyone. But the bigger deal award is this. So the backstory of this is I went to Kaiser High. 
Kaiser is in Waikai. Waikai is a relatively wealthy suburb of Honolulu. Most kids in Waikai and the other neighboring uh, neighborhoods that were wealthy, if you had money and you were smart, you went to Punahou or Iolani. So Punahou was where um, Obama went. Iolani was where apparently all the Asian kids went. And, um, and if you were Hawaiian, you went to Kamehameha. If you were poor or lazy, or a combination of those two, you went to uh, the public high school, which is Kaiser High. And that's where you went. That's where I went. Okay. Uh, my parents didn't have a ton of money, but they weren't poor. They could have gotten it together and sent my little sister, and they sh- probably should have, to Punahou. The three of us, Ian, Heather, and I, were completely a combination of, uh, we're just terrible students. And it's called Punahou. Punahou. Okay. I went to Punahou for summer school. Well, yeah, you went to Punahou for summer school. Uh, but we, it, it's good. My parents would have just spent a lot of money for uh, Ian to never go to class and me to skate by and not remember anything. Um, so it's fine. Um, but anyway, when I entered the speech and debate world, we ended up interacting with Punahou kids a lot because they were kind of from the same neighborhood and they had a lot of similarities and we had a lot in common except they were achievers and we weren't. <laughs> And one of the people <laughs> that made this connection happen was my friend Lori, because Lori was from Canada, and she was smart but poor, so she couldn't afford Punahou, but she very quickly befriended the overachievers from Punahou. So in a speech social circle, we had made these Punahou friends. Now, um, the the fact that I had gone to Catholic school and hadn't dressed like a human being for most of my adolescence... <laughs> Um, meant that I just wore terrible clothes all the time. And then you add that at speech, you have to put on, like, adult clothes and look presentable. Mm. And I did get stopped by a giggling group of teenagers at one tournament, and they asked me if I was a teacher. Right. (laughs) Because I was so tall and dressed like an adult woman, but they couldn't tell. Um, Or they were just being mean. I don't know. So I was already sensitive about this. And then Lori, who's, you know, brazen and brash and from Canada, um, <laughs> one day we are, um, we're outside of a tournament surrounded by these other, these Punahou kids, these cool Punahou kids, and she asked for something out of my bag. And as we've discussed in uh, First Time I Did the Grossest Thing, I yes. didn't know how to deal with period side effects. Mm. I just assumed they were all diarrhea related. Like, I didn't get that some things were cramps. I just oh. so all I ever took was Pepto to the point that oh, <laughs> no. <just> Pepto. <laughs> to the point that my mom started buying like generic brands. So Lori goes into my backpack <laughs> to get that, something, and yeah, it's not that your mother gave you the right medicine. She just started buying the cheaper brand <laughs> of the wrong were, medicine that you were taking because I was plowing so through Pepto <laughs> once a month. So um. Lori goes into my bag to get out whatever she went to borrow and just bursts out with this box of anti-diarrhea pills. No. And she's like, Colleen, what is this? And everyone laughs. Like, everyone's dying, laughing. I'm mortified. Like, you know, trying to play it off. Short haircut and my glasses. Oh. that are like steaming up from embarrassment. Um, and one of the Punahou kids who observed this was this kid, Zach. Now, Zach was perfectly nice, funny guy, talented. Um, it did humorous and terp. And uh, he just happened to be, like, slightly cuter than the average high school boy. So his laughing registered more than anybody Uh, else's. mm -hmm. So this is the first sin that Zach has committed against me, which is not a huge sin because everybody was laughing and I should be mad at Lori. And I wasn't really mad at Lori. I was just mortified. But then we go on a neighbor island trip 
And so if you were from Honolulu, most beach tournaments, most state qualifying tournaments were on, on Oahu. So they would always have a neighbor island trip where the other islands got a chance to like qualify, have a state qualifying tournament. So we went and in that we get into these like weird long talks with everybody. And at some point, and I don't remember what the thing was, somebody was talking about nicknames or something. And Zach goes, so what would you be? Annie Androgynous? Ooh. And it like internally like destroyed me. Like just like done, like completely done, destroyed. Um, and I just like secreted away in a weird quiet part and everyone still try to pull it out for like bad sketches and it never works. Uh, <laughs> I'll rewrite it as like a weird teen character got called that. Um, so anyway, it, I hold on to this and it festers. And uh, the next year I go into humorous and terp. So the next year, it's my junior year. What is humorous and terp? So basically Remember that you I was do, homeschooled, so yeah, I know nothing about You do ten, a 10 minute section of a comedic play. Oh. And you you act out all the characters in oh. the scene. Yeah. You stand. Oh, wow. You on your own act yes. out. Yes. Oh. So usually you pick smaller things, like two-person scenes, but you stand and you pivot and you play oh. all of the characters. Wow. Yeah. So I did Titanic by Christopher Durang. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I rose up. You know, I qualified for uh, state. And then in state, I got... Second place in state. Now, if you get second place in state, that means you get to go to nationals. It's national mm, qualifying. Wow. wow. So, guess who didn't get to go to state? Zach. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid Zach. Stupid Zach. Now, he had, I think, it switched categories. Uh, did duo interp or dramatic interp or something like fool. that. But it was his senior year. He'd never been to nationals, oh. and now he could never go. <laughs> and I had qualified in the very category that he used to dominate. Uh. So I wish the audience could see your hand movements. <laughs> <laughs> so at the award ceremony, when we, this is revealed, I walk past his table to go up and get it. And as I, I mean, this is a big deal for me. Like I, I get to go to the, the mainland. I get to compete nationally. I want to be an actress, and this is the first like big acting thing where I want it, and it's comedy. And all I could think about was like, I'm gonna just walk past him with this trophy and be like, I'm going to Annie Androgynous is going to national, Zach. Excuse me while I go diarrhea my pants. <laughs> um, but so that's sort of the end of the award. That was the big moment for me. But the the weird thing is, Lori came to visit me in LA like four or five years ago. And Zach lives in L.A. with his wife or girlfriend or something like that. So she'd visited both of us. And she said, he said, when she was like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with Colleen, he said, does she, she probably doesn't remember this, but in high school I called her, like, Annie Androgynous, and I feel so bad about it. <gasps> and um, she told me that, and of course I was like, oh, no, I, I don't remember it. I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so I in no way want to punish Zach at all. He really was just a teenage boy. But um, anyway, I, I, I pretended I didn't unleash on him, and I hope he doesn't hear this. And know uh, that it's, I'm fine. It's fine. I've recovered. Anyway, <laughs> that's my story. Zach, please tweet at her. Pete. Yes. Would you like to tell us a story? Yes, I would. 
I've actually never have won an award. <gasps> Perfect. Oh. That's my story. <laughs> Thank you. you. No, I, I was thinking about this. I was like, I've, yeah, I've never won an award. Never been nominated for an award. <laughs> but I love award shows. Perfect. Mm. And I have like a like a really big coll- collection of VHS tapes of award shows. Still? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, like basically from like 1990 up until like 2005. And I still have them like in tubs in my apartment. <laughs> but I don't like watch a lot of them now because you can see everything on YouTube. But there's certain ones that you can't. Like I have mostly like music award shows like Grammys. American Music Awards, Soul Train Awards. Sure. And so um, sometimes I, like, go online to see if they have it, and they don't, so I just whip out my VHS tape. <laughs> but um, but um, in 1997, I got to go to an award show. Oh. I got to go to the MTV Awards. Ooh. And um, I was dancing on MTV's The Grind at the time <laughs> in New York, and... Um, they got, to, like, they asked all of us to come, like, you know, like, stand in the pit and, like, you know, like... Dance. Like, dance and scream and be, like, energetic for the performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was so excited. I, like, was at Radio City Music Hall. It was my first summer in New York, and I, like, got cornrows in my hair <laughs> and, like, a mesh top because I wanted to look, like... <laughs> You're a boy MTV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, what was great about that particular MTV Awards was that it, Princess Diana had just died. Oh, this was 20 oh, that was years great. ago. Yeah. yeah. And so I love Princess Diana. So there was this extra added element of drama to the whole thing because mm. it was she had just been killed, but it was before the funeral. So it was like in between of like, you know, what happened, like paparazzi killed yeah. her, and there's paparazzi here. And everybody's song was kind of about her or like it felt like it was about her and there were speeches about her. And all of my favorites were there, like Madonna, Janet... Mariah, LL Cool J. So you can actually even hear me when Janet comes out after the audience, like the applause go down. You just hear me scream, Janet! <laughs> <laughs> and so there was such an extra added element of drama. And I loved Princess Diana. Like, she, and like, that's somebody who needs an award, actually, is Princess Diana. <laughs> what that woman went through. And, um, <laughs> but, um, so there was, it was just an extra added, uh, you know, drama for me. And so, um, uh, 2001, uh, the VMAs come back to New York again, and a friend of mine was working at a restaurant downtown, and she says that Britney Spears dancers are here, so come on down. So I came down to this restaurant and, like, hung out with Britney Spears dancers, and they said, we're going to go to the Russian Tea Room for the MTV After Party. I said, oh, cool. Are you, yeah, mm-hmm, I'll be there. Mm-hmm, Let's go. Sure. <laughs> so we go, and then, like, it's sort of wrapping up, and they're like, oh, we're going to go to Beyonce's birthday party, and we're going to go with um, uh, Kirk... Kirk, wait, Kirk Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. We're going to ride in his list. <laughs> you know Kirk Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. I don't know who that is. Exactly. Okay. And then, um, so we were in his limo, to, but we couldn't get into Beyonce's party, but he did. Of course. So I, me and the Beyonce dancers went down to some rooftop party where there was like, and I remember looking up and it was right next to the World Trade Center. I remember thinking, wow, I'm so close to the World Trade Center. I like because I would never go down there. And then like less than a week later, like all that went down on 9-11. I remember thinking, oh wow, I was so close to that World Trade Center. <laughs> well, anyway, because of the VHS tapes, because of the VHS tapes, I actually met um, one of my best friends, and we're still friends to this day. 
Um, Kirk Kirkpatrick. Kirk Kirkpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> he always picks me up in a limo. Sure. <laughs> It's the um, same one. <laughs> it's the same one from, nine, from 2001. Mm-hmm. It's an Uber now. He uses jobs in Uber. <laughs> or Uber limo. But, um, yeah, so I met my best friend, like, one of my best friends from the VHS tapes because one day I went to the bodega in my corner and I had, like, I feel like I had, like, a sore throat. I was like, I think I'm getting strep throat. And I met, like, this cute guy in the, in the bodega. And I was like, I feel like my throat's sore. He's like, well you know, I'll buy you some soup and I'll come to your apartment. And so he came to my apartment and like, spoon-fed me soup. And we were watching... Um, a total strangers? Yeah. Okay. And um, we are watching, I was saying, did you see the Grammy, did you see Mary, Jai's, Mary J. Blige's performance from the Grammys where she sang No More Drama? Mm-hmm. And there was drama. Yeah. Because yeah, it was so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> and so we watched it and he went back to his, his roommates across the street and there, there were all these dancers, they were all dancers that lived together and they're like, there's this guy across the street that has all of these award shows on VHS tape. So one day I'm out the hanging out the window, like yelling at my friend across the street. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Yeah, uh, and she, they, they, they like they're walking down the street. These the her, her name's Stephanie and Jackie. She they were roommates with the guy I met who spoon fed me soup. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that must be the person that has the awards, the VHS tapes. So they came over and like rang my door doorbell and I let them in and. I let them borrow the VHS tapes, which is, you know, I mean, that was that was very yeah. risky, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I was I wanted to make like make some new friends. Sure. And to this day, we're still like best friends, and she lives here in California now, and it's all because of I had those VHS award shows. <gasps> so you never know what you have. You were awarded yeah. a friendship. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I was awarded That's a friendship. That's your first. Award. That was my first, first award. <laughs> Because you awarded her your trust. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And she gave them back to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been friends with right. her. Right. Yeah. Well, no, of course not. Yeah. That would have been the end of that. I have a question for you, because uh-huh. this is a crucial thing. Mm-hmm. Britney Spears, oops. The online edit is not of her ass shaking. They cut away. And they also cut away when she's on the ground, like pounding the ground. Because we watched the VMAs the in live. the early 2000s. Oh, you live, live. Live. Like, and especially when Britney was in the mix, like yeah. crazy people. And we watched it and lost our minds. And then when you look it up on YouTube and in the edit, it's a different shot. It's too pr- provocative to read yeah. that now. So you probably have. Oh, I do. Yeah, the original. Eat. You should post that online. I, I think should we should put that yeah. up. We should we should get oh. that up for the for maybe yeah. for bonus the, material. Go to the bonus website. material. Bonus the actual the footage website. of Britney's ass close up shaking. Yeah. We just need Plus a gift of that. Janet. Yeah. 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 yeah, I want that for my ringtone. Yeah, and that, and actually that one's on YouTube. Oh, okay. oh, all right. Yeah, so I'll just, send you the link. Okay, send us a link. Yeah, I it's it. just when everything calms down. I waited <laughs> so she could hear me. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm just, Janet. And like, and I, it's on my resume now. Like, I performed at Radio City Music Hall. <laughs> yeah. Sure. With Fonte. As a dancer. Yeah. yeah as you a voiceover back, dancer. Yes. Voiceover <laughs> artist. <laughs> as a speaking part. Yeah. Rabble rouser. What's your favorite, like, like music acceptance speech moment? Oh, God, that's difficult. Mm. <laughs> My favorite music. I want, well, that particular one at the 97, I like when Madonna was talking about Princess Diana. And we all have to take responsibility. And she's like wearing like, looks like she's like a, she has like a tie and a white 
men's shirt. With, she looks like she's like a, <laughs> like a, like a, she owns like a s- private school or something. <laughs> and the Spice Girls are all in the audience like screaming with black armbands because Princess Diana died. Oh. What, was, what, what were some of the big songs that you're just to put in the perspective? Oh, there was um, Mo Money, Mo Problems that you with Puff Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was Jewel. Um, it wasn't a great year. Oh, Someone just did, a, and Jewel. They Jewel. just did a 20th anniversary, <laughs> and it was like Bitch and like Natalie and Bruglia. Like, there were some bad ones. Well, speak for yourself. I think this <laughs> were very good. Um, and who else? Like Marilyn Manson. And, um, oh, right. What happened to him? And Beck. And. <laughs> Marilyn Manson back jewel. Yeah. And more money, more problems. More money, more problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, it's um, the 20th anniversary of Princess Diana's death yeah. this year. Elton John didn't perform at that? He a, gave a speech. At the Grammys is when he did Candle, Candle in the Wind. Oh, at her funeral. Oh, that's when oh. he did. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Were you yeah. there? Were you in the pit? <laughs> yes, I was. Elton! Diana! Diana, you killed her. The dancing group. In the he front. waited till everybody quieted down. <laughs> Diana, Diana. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Pete. Yay! Sarah, here's my story. Now I have <laughs> I have three tiny award stories. Perfect. Um, one of which I actually just remembered while you were talking. I was like, oh, that was my true first award. (laughs) And in thinking about all three of these, see if there's any links you can make about the sort of person I am. (laughs) Because they all have a certain common denominator that I'm like, wow, that's something I should probably think about. Okay, (laughs) so the first one I can remember, and it being um, around-ish Easter time, is... uh, a typical neighborhood. I lived in a neighborhood um, up until fourth grade where there's like a big park in the middle and it was all townhouses around it. Um, and they had like a big Easter icon. They, I feel like they did it just this one time. It wasn't like an every year thing. Where Somebody must have in Springfield, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. So suburb of DC, um, total suburbia. Um, and yeah, so they had the big Easter icon and I went and I was pretty little. I want to say I was maybe five, um, but sh- surely there were kids younger than me. Maybe I was younger than that. I don't know. But all I know is it was one of those things where I felt like every time I saw an egg, then there was like a hand that came in and snatched it. So I was just like always like a step behind. And um, and I got a couple, but in the end, you know, they count them up. Oh, my God, I'm turning red thinking about it. And I... <laughs> Had the least amount of oh. eggs. And, but, also not a millennial, but <laughs> they gave an award, obviously, to the person that had the most eggs and the person that got the least. <gasps> so I got like a, I think it was like a white chocolate hollow. Okay, it wasn't oh. solid, but bunny. <laughs> But it was, but I, but I liked it because it was prettier because it was like colors on it, even though it probably tasted disgusting. It's white chocolate. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't mind white chocolate, but whatever. Um, but, but I still want a bunny, so I was kind of like, I kind of then was actually, at, I was actually less embarrassed, which is probably what it's supposed to do, because I was like, well, I still want a bunny, like a <laughs> full size bunny. So I was psyched. So that was number one. Um, and then the other two, I can't really remember in what succession they happened, but. Um, 
I was never an athletic person. My, <laughs> my, you know, my uh, aptitude was elsewhere. Um, <laughs> but I, in, in like PE, there was these certain like physical fitness tests you had to go through. I forget what they called them. It was like, Presidential fitness. Presidential fitness. That's what yeah. my story's yes. about. It is. Perfect. Okay. Well, I didn't I did not actually win an award in this. But <laughs> but so for boys had to do um pull-ups, mm-hmm. but girls had to do flex arm hang. So you're just like bent like this. <laughs> you're telling bronze. That's so excited. Awesome. <laughs> two two pivotal presidential fitness things. Okay. So I was never, I was not like the worst kid in class, but I was never the best kid in class at, at, at any sports related things. I took like dance class, you know, um, <laughs> but I remember, um, so I, so I never, I didn't put any stock in it. I wasn't trying cause you know, they're the girls in class that are really athletic, whatever. So I get up there to do the flex arm hang and I'm, you know, I'm hanging out, whatever. And it gets to be like 30 seconds and 40 seconds and like 45 seconds. And I guess that was a long time, but I didn't even know. And they were like, oh, good. And then I was like starting to kind of get tired. So I just like jumped down and I was like, okay. And then my teacher was like, you know, how many did she get? And it was like 45 seconds, I think. And they, and she was like, that's really good. That's close to the record or whatever. And I was like, Oh, cool. And then I watched the other girls go after me, and they're up there, and they're like, this one girl, Nikki, she's up there, and she starts shaking. You know, her whole, like, neck is shaking, and she's trying to stay up. And then she finally falls down, but she beats me. She gets, like, 52 or something. But then I realized, like, oh, I should have... I should have tried a little bit. <laughs> but I just, I had never come close to winning anything like that. So I didn't know, like, that, like, that's capable. what sports are about. I didn't know I was capable. I didn't know you're supposed to, like, push yourself to the limit. I just thought, like, I got to a certain point, And it seemed like everybody was already impressed. So I was like, cool, later I'm out and jumped down. But, but I should have held on. And, like, and then I found out, too, like, if you go, like, because then one of the girls got her name written... For like a like a school record that would like be up there, you know, like for years to come. And I was like, oh, I should have tried harder. <laughs> <laughs> so so that was that. And then the third thing was, um, not to brag, but I'm a really good speller, which is, <laughs> which I feel like is the worst thing to be good at because you're just either good at it or you're not. It really is not. I don't think it's something you can really learn. You just either have an aptitude for it or you don't. Um, and I did, and I was good at spelling. So, so it was fourth grade, and only fourth, fifth, and sixth participated in, like, the school-wide spelling bee at my school. And you would do it in your class, and then the, you know, all the fourth grade class winners would compete. And then, um, and then when your grade, and then whoever won your grade would compete, the fourth grade winner, the fifth grade winner, and the sixth grade winner would compete to win for the school. And then whoever won the school got to go to, like, districts or something like that um so again and I and I'm a good speller or whatever so I win my class and I'm psyched but I'm also like no doy of course I'm gonna win my class <laughs> and um and then this other guy my 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 ath- like not athletic my my brain god I'm sounding really smart right now <laughs> my um my academic yeah <laughs> academic my academic um <laughs> rival was this kid Wade Fletcher 
And it was always... He was so smart. Yeah. He... And I think looking back to him, like, mm, I think we probably kind of liked each other a little bit. Mm. But but we were always like, it was either Wade or I. And he, he edged me out a lot. Um, he was really smart. Um, he ended up going to like the like special technical school for high school. So we didn't even go to high school together that you had to like get into. But I didn't want to because I'm not that into math. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, so I won for my class and then I had to compete against uh, Wade for the fourth grade and that was in front of the whole school so it was like myself Wade and I think one other girl and competed and I don't remember any of the words I just remember that I won I won fourth grade Suck and I was like <laughs> yes first of all I was like I beat Wade that's amazing oh it's killing him and, it, and it, I'm sure it did and but then we had the like you know fourth fifth and sixth graders and <laughs> Again, I was so psyched for winning my grade. I was kind of like, I'm, I'm cool. I won my grade. Whatever happens now, and and, and I was like, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat the fifth and the sixth graders that are older than me, and obviously no more words, whatever. So then we competed against in front of the whole school, and I, I think my mom was there, and um, and we, and my dad was probably at work or whatever because it was during <laughs> the school day, um, and and. So it came to me, and my word was chauffeur, which I still feel, A, is unfair because it's not, uh, it's an international word, and those words were on, like, the next level up, like, the district list. You started to get delving, and I still don't know how to spell chauffeur, (laughs) I think. (laughs) I'm never quite sure because of that. I think it's C-H-A-U-F-F-E-U-R, but it also could be E-R. I look it up. I'm the worst speller, and I think it's just E-R, but... Two There's definitely two I think so. And I think that's what I got wrong. I think I only did one F. But you have to picture... Later, I was upset about the international thing, and I did feel like whoever... You know, they got, like, much easier words. But I was riding high off my fourth grade win. (laughs) You have to understand. So So I got eliminated... And I didn't care. And I remember my mom, I mean, she was nice about it, but she was just kind of like, because I, because she could sense in me the like, not really trying that hard and just being like, oh, okay, whatever. I got, I got that word wrong. Um, And getting out of the spelling bee. Um, But, but I remember just feeling so accomplished that I won (laughs) for my grade. And I was kind of like. And I think I beat the um, either the fifth or the sixth grader too, because it was down to just two of us. Ooh. Yeah, but again, I was not upset. Um, so that's <laughs> that's me. I'm always like, I'm like, well, whatever, whatever. I guess this is fine. This is good enough. I'll stay here. This feels comfortable. I'll just do. I'll do this. You were correct about chauffeur. C H A U F F E U R. Suck it, Wade. Suck it, Wade. I am the worst speller. Like, I have no natural instinct for spelling at all. That's how my dad is. I mean, it's just, and my mom is a great speller, my dad is a bad speller, and my brother was a bad speller. And who, uh, it's just, you either you either are or you aren't. You either have it or you don't. You, you got do. that yeah. Yeah. say. I had it, but not enough. Um, I don't want to ruin what you're about to say. <laughs> oh, but we're you both, can't argue. She already did. I'm just going to say, perfectly. <laughs> we're both tall people, yes. and there's a reality for tall people and hanging from things. Mm. Because the truth is, 
when you have to hold up your body weight. Well, wait, you got to let him tell the story first. Okay, I'm not uh, going to say anything. But, like, <laughs> let's just say all of those. Pre- second person stuff right in the story. All yeah. of those presidential <laughs> things I never, ever, ever passed, ever. I couldn't do a mile and under, like, nothing. All right, that's it. Anybody else? <laughs> I was also good at. Um, uh, standing long jump. Those are literally the only sports things mm. I've ever been good at. So you, I do need to point, point them out. You're good at standing long jump. That's yeah. let's impressive. say was. Let's okay, say let's was. Say was. <laughs> but even still, that's impressive. Like, but again, when but that's not even something you get to use in any sport unless I had become a specialist in track and field and just did that and was like Without run. No it. thanks. I like to stand in one place and then use my <laughs> powerful thigh muscles to propel. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, those work the legs, and the flex arm thing works the arm. So I was well-rounded. <laughs> I just love a picture of you as a kid where you're just like a little Popeye. It's all like gigantic upper arm yes. muscles and thigh muscles yes. and like nothing else. Yes. <laughs> Not accurate. Uh, I think you just gave advice to all children to point shave when they collect eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you if you're not going to get the most, <laughs> get the least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sarah's lifetime. <laughs> 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 people are counting you like, you can have two of mine. <laughs> you're not going to get the worst, get the least. <laughs> it really should be a t-shirt. If you're not going to get the most, get the least. <laughs> I'm first in losing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. I wonder what Braun's story will be about. <laughs> I ruined it. Are we ready? We going? (laughs) This is so funny because I was going to go, I don't know if this is storytelling as much as therapy this whole session. (laughs) (laughs) Because I started digging in my head, like, what are the oldest things that I competed in that I would have won an award in? And then I remembered, this is this before the presidential fitness, physical (laughs) fitness awards thing, which I I can't believe you did this. It's so true. It's the worst. Uh, I remember the very first contest I ever entered is uh, I had to cut out a thing on a cereal box and put in the USPC symbol and I mailed it away. And I'm pretty sure it was for like Fruit Loops or uh, Frosted Flakes, which surprised me because we weren't allowed to have sugared cereal. So mm-hmm. the fact that this box even existed in my life as a six-year-old is crazy. And I mailed it in, and I basically spent every single day for the next few days determining where I was going to ride the bicycle that they gave away <gasps> as a prize. And as a six-year-old, I believed every single day that that bicycle was coming. And I knew when the deadline from the award was, and so I'm like, okay, the bike will be there the next day. And so I experienced my first uh, bout of life disappointing me as a six-year-old when the bike didn't show up. And I was like, oh, my parents must have it hidden in the shed. And I I can even remember exactly parts of my neighborhood where I was talking to my friend about my new bike that was coming. And so it never came. So yeah, life is a series of disappointments. So I'm glad that you stepped on my other story because it just plays right into me. Life sucks. All right, so I'm I'm huge. I'm six seven now, two hundred fifty pounds. But as I as a child, I thought you were six eight. You lost an inch. It's like six and a half. I was six six, six seven six, and a half. Six seven and a half, six eight. So depending on the boots. Okay, got it. I'm a giant. I don't even know. Like if <laughs> I can measure myself at a seven eleven, that's about it. Whatever. Um, I almost went into the twelve year old stand up comedy. That was the worst. Get that out of my head. Uh, here's the thing about really tall people, as you were saying, is <laughs> when you're really tall, is you're really gangly and lanky. And uh, I would get picked 
first for teams because I was tall and they'd be like, you can play basketball, but I sucked at basketball, which then <laughs> didn't make them go, oh, let's pick him last later. It was make them make fun of me before they picked me last later because they're like, you're tall, you're terrible, why are you so bad? And I'm like, because I hate fucking basketball. <laughs> and I hate it because I'm bad at it, so I don't want to play it, which makes me get even worse at it as everybody right. else got better at it. Uh, and I, I was like, I was like, if you ever see those videos of the high school kids who are running around and uh, they look like praying mantises? Yes, <laughs> I've seen some of those on VHS at Pete's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> they are never dancers in award ceremony. They look like like lemurs that cannot actually jump. And um, so we get into. The, I was thinking about all the awards, and every award I won was always academic, some sort of math. Like I was a math science guy, but that is not cool. And I found out that that was not cool. In sixth grade, we had to take scat step tests, which were standardized testing every other year. You know, you're homeschooled, but they test you in your English and your math, et cetera. And I was a pretty good math student, but I was sitting in, in our class right after the, the results came in, and Mrs. Miss Creechin, Miss Creechin, she's probably mid-20s now, I think about it, Farrah Fawcett kind of hair, but brown. And uh, she was real good to look at, but she was also like an evilly mean t teacher where if you sort of started not paying attention to class or falling asleep, she would take a yardstick and slam it on your desk. Oh. And then when you woke up, she would knock all your books on the floor. <laughs> but she's funny for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> but it made you study. It made you do well in this class. Anyway, she came in right after the, the tests were taken and said, guys, you're not going to believe it. Somebody in this class got a perfect score in math. Do you know who it was? And everybody, everybody immediately goes, Tom Bazo. Tom Bazo was definitely Tom Bazo. Tom Bazo was like this, this really intelligent, smart, funny kid. Everybody liked him. He's like a small kid, but still nobody picked on him. I think he's like a doctor now. Like, I, I like this kid. He actually dated one of my, the hottest girls in my class that I had a huge crush on when I was a senior. He's just, he wins everything. So everybody's like, Tom Bazo, obviously. And she goes, no, not Tom Bazo. So everybody picks the second best math student. And she goes, no, this one will totally surprise you. Oh, <laughs> what a dick. It was Bron. And so I won. And they're like, Bron won? Bron won? So even as a winner, <laughs> I'm being humiliated. So I was like, I don't care about any of those things. But I never won. That. So back to sports is I couldn't win the presidential fitness Physical fitness award. I can't even say it now. <laughs> <laughs> I could do the the, the uh, flex arm hang is when you, you had your your the back of your hand towards you and you hang on the bar and you do this. But girls got to do that and I could have crushed your forty five seconds, no problem. <laughs> but I couldn't do two pull ups okay. because really tall people were heavy and we have a lot of torque to try and move. And so I was just the worst in sports. And then they made it even better because I apparently had slight scoliosis. <laughs> so, so <laughs> So I had to go to the special gym class twice a week and <laughs> to try and fix my back, which I liked because that means I wasn't involved in team sports. You were like other in high school gym. physical therapy? This is like, this is like, this is middle school. This is such so a middle school. Grade. John Hughes I was moment. in elementary yeah. school for the record, so maybe you could have crushed me. That's, yeah. Suck. Point, Sarah. Thank you. Suck at Point, Sarah. But being all long and gangly is they also had a nickname for me, which I'm pretty sure Scott Shelko came up with, but everybody used it. I remember Dan Lucas, who was like the super tall, good-looking guy who, who was captain of the football team, like, you know, just like one of those hero winner guys who I've met in, as an adult, and he's still just winning at life. He's like, Jesus Christ, these people That's don't lose. Fair. Like in movies, they still win. <laughs> as they, my nickname, because I was so tall, was 6'2", 98". Oh. Because they were saying I was six foot two and ninety eight pounds, mm -hmm. and I wasn't even six foot yet, and I was definitely one hundred and ten pounds. But <laughs> <laughs> so you were just like a 
a blade of grass walking around. I can't even yeah. imagine you being bullied. Yeah. Uh, uh, That's the thing is nobody thinks that happened to me, but I'm like, you don't understand. It wasn't until college that I filled out. Like right. My my junior year of college, I weighed in. I was six foot seven by that point, and I was 195 pounds. And now I weigh 255. So I put on 60 pounds wow. since being 21 or 20. And uh, but everybody just assumes I was always this hulking mass. But like honestly, if somebody like flexes at me, I'm, I totally flinch like that. The <laughs> geeky kid. This is so good to know. So the only trophy I ever got. So my uh, eighth and ninth grade, I was at the public school Pensbury, and they had a, a hockey team that they couldn't cut you from, and I was on that. And so I did. I got a participation pro- trophy for finishing the season. That's the only sports trophy I have still in my house. And then I transferred to uh, a private school. Place called the Lawrenceville School. It's a boarding school, and it, it's last year was the most expensive school in the country. It's basically like um, was that thing, Dead Poet Society, uh-huh. mm-hmm. with all these like super wealthy kids who made fun of poor kids, and and, uh, <laughs> and like I was a day student because I had the grades to get in there just to go back and forth. It was actually hard to do that and be a boarder. But then you had to suffer the uh, testosterone-filled teenage boys going, oh, day boys are gay boys. So I have that ah, going right. I'm like, I get to go home and talk to girls at night. You sit in the dorm with dudes and just jerk off into cookies and stuff. I don't know what <laughs> happens here, but I'm the gay boy. Day boys are gay boys. So If it rhymes, it's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my sophomore year, I was on the ninth grade hockey team because I was good enough to make that hockey team. And I'm like, all right, Cool. And I was playing with, uh, like, a kid who was two years younger than me who was way better was Bobby Clark's son. Like, this kid was born on ice skates. So <laughs> he basically played on our team and the varsity team at the same time, which I didn't know was possible. Bobby Clark is a famous hockey player. Hockey player, hockey, yeah. Hockey, okay. Thank well, you, Sarah, I didn't know. He's <laughs> like a legend in ice hockey, you know. Oh, um, okay. Like, full legend. And here's his son who, you know, and you'd be playing in the game where you'd see, People like Bobby Clark's up there. I'm like, oh my god, that's Bobby Clark. And I get in the game and just get thrown into the boards and just knock down because six seven is not a good height to be on skates <laughs> when you don't weigh a lot. <laughs> so yeah, cause cut, then you'd be like seven feet tall. Cut to uh, you know how you have a moment in life that you look back on it and you're like, if I could have lived my life differently, I should have done it at that point. Like Ooh. it's a moment where you you get humiliated, but you were a teenager and you didn't realize that you shouldn't have been. Is this happened to me in my junior year? So I was walking across the campus of the school, and uh, the basketball coach came over. And the basketball coach had actually gone to my school. He's the only person I think who ever went to my school and then went to the NBA. I was also like this elite school, and he was a black guy, which I like for him to be in the '70s is unbelievable, you know. So then in the '80s, him as a teacher it was like everybody's like, "We got this NBA player who's teaching, you know, coaching our team." Um, and he um, he comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, what's your name?" And I'm like, "Bron Jones," and he's like. Do you play basketball? And I'm like, no, dude, I play ice hockey. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same season. And so I just go strutting off like, I hate basketball. No. And I'm strutting off thinking about that. Two days later, I got cut from the junior varsity (laughs) team. And every time I saw the basketball coach, all I could think is he knows I got cut. And I treated him like, like, like I was just hot shit. And I, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, you should have gone instantly to him and been like, they cut me. Put me on the team. Right. I would have gotten good at basketball. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe. So there's not really. Maybe. Maybe. I, don't, Maybe. I, I will be another person, and Ian will be the third person at this table to attest. Being tall does not mean you're good at basketball. But if the coach takes special interest, come on, he might have made me good. Better for sure. Better for sure. Can you standing long jump? 
the way that Sarah Baker can. No. And she is the least legs. tall person. <laughs> I'm very not table. tall. <laughs> I'm untall. So the, I guess the end of the story is that when people offer you something, take it. Mm. But then, then again, <laughs> my freshman orientation for... He didn't offer you anything. Well, he offered me, he wanted to coach me. He's like, he wanted me to be on the team, you know? And I, like, and I was just like, I'm just curious. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm the worst. <laughs> he probably looked at me and like, oh, please don't play basketball. <laughs> you don't play basketball, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. But my freshman year of college orientation, I was at Hopkins, and they had a, uh, somebody came up to me and goes, hey, you're really tall. Do you want to row? Like, to do crew. Oh, mm-hmm. Because they really, it's, it's mostly in the legs. Like, people think it's chest, it's all legs, and so the longer your legs, the better. And so I said, yes, because now I'm like, a, if somebody offers you something, take it. I did not realize that they trained every morning. We had to get up at 5, and we trained yeah. at 6 before the, the winds kicked up and before classes. And so I missed all of my chemistry classes for my first year at Johns Hopkins. So I didn't make a second year at Johns Hopkins. <laughs> were you a good a rower, though? Wait, were you trying to go to medical school? I mean, were you I, trying I was, to be a doctor? Yeah, I was, my dad was a doctor, so I thought my whole life I was always like, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a doctor. And I'm sorry. The crucial part of the story is not whether or not he became a doctor. Fair enough, fair enough. Was he good at rowing? Yeah. <laughs> I was all right at it. I was all right at it. But I didn't have the, uh, the, the second semester, they're like, oh, yeah, where are you? Why aren't you coming out for rowing? And I was like, because you... I want to go have breakfast. I want to sleep in. Maybe yeah. make some of my classes. I don't know. So yeah, there's no real endings to these stories. That's the okay. That all I did was just sit around while I'm thinking of my awards. Going, I don't care about my Pro Max awards. Just hold my door open at home. I'm like, I don't care about any of my awards. I sucked at sports. Nobody liked me. <laughs> Yay! I had that thing of um, there was. Did anyone else do this? Like we're all about the same age. Where you drew a quarter horse, and if you won the quarter horse competition, you won a quarter horse. What? I don't you even know horse? what a quarter horse is. It's a What's small a horse. It's like a quarter size of a horse, I guess, but it's not a pony. It is? What? It might have just been a Hawaii competition, but I think it was national. But we all drew quarter horses, and I was like... Is this like on the back of a matchbook? That no, it was, in <laughs> it was Did like, you win the bicycle from <laughs> Tony the Tiger? But it was legit in school. We, we all drew it. I think... You know what? It was one of those things, too, like, you know when you audition for something, and then you find out no one even saw your tape? I think the school did it, and then someone at the school Right, chose. picked the best. So it wasn't even like your thing got to go. Right. So that I found out was, like, devastating. But I was actually kind of working out, like, talking to my parents. Like, all right, so if I win a quarter horse, how are we going to work with Right. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it'll be fine. Like, yeah, <laughs> can we go back to how wealthy was your neighborhood? That, that no, no, no. Like horses? I, there was no way. There was, A, we could not have horses. B, uh, my parents could not afford a horse. C, I was never going to win this horse. I'm an okay drawer, but, like, no, I wasn't going to draw a quarter horse and win a national or even, like, island-wide quarter horse award. Island-wide. Uh, I mean, Honolulu was pretty densely populated. There was sure, sure, yeah, population. absolutely. But, no, my I think my parents were just like, ah. But I was like, I'm going to get a quarter horse. <laughs> quarter horse. Google, Google quarter horse. Yeah. I want a quarter horse now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're actually a quarter of the size. I, no. They're, they're just called no. quarter horses. They're bigger than the Shetland Pony, but they're smaller than like race yeah. horses. Mm. Actually, I think it's for a quarter of a mile, to tell you the truth. Really? I think I think they're just like small. You went to Johns Hopkins, so I trust you. you but know. I'm not a horse person. My sister would know this. She knows everything about horses. Because mm. yeah. she's a... She's one of those horse girls. Yeah. What was the thing for girls who went to your school if they were home away gay? 
Well, that was an all boys school, so it was filled with testosterone. We got we got girls my senior year. Like I was the Ooh. first year that had had uh, girls. Yeah. And uh, everybody was so excited. I'm like, dude, I hang out with these people at home at night. I don't know why you guys are so excited about seeing them around class. That only probably like reinforced the idea that you were gay, that you were not at all excited that the girls showed up. Yeah. I mean. That was also the very first time I ever met a girl. Um, <laughs> I won't say names. But where she, like, because the girls' dorms were all brand new. Like, they're brand new dorms because the men were like, you know, the, like the alumni were like, the boys need to stay in the dorm where I went. You know, like it became this whole tradition. Like, this yeah. is our tradition. Yeah. You know, build new stuff for, for these girls coming in. And uh, we didn't do this, but I think it was Deerfield or uh, Ando Rexer when they announced they were getting girls. Is everybody got up and walked out? Our school didn't. Yeah. Do that. Like it's a big. You know, it's just, it was 175 years with no girls, and all of a sudden girls come. It was a big adjustment. But the first girl I ever met. So we're kind of talking to all the girls outside their dorm, and um, I met this girl Meredith. And she was the first one who ever said, oh, within 30 seconds of looking at a guy, I know I'd never kiss him. Wow. It's one of those things where women say that, oh, within, you know, I, like adults would be like, oh, I know I'd never have sex with that person. But as a kid, I was like, am I? What's I mean, where, am I, where am I falling in this assessment? How much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> Can I do anything? <laughs> did you kiss her? No. Uh, no. Yeah. She did, I guess Settle cues. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yay! Um, as uh, many of you know, I was homeschooled, so I didn't <laughs> do the presidential athletic test <laughs> participate in any spelling bees. Um, I was not a dancer for any 90s uh, artist or any other decade, um, so I can't compete with any of you. Um but I, I, there is also a theme, much like you said you had a theme, Sarah. I, I, I mean, there's certainly things like I, I was, um, one of the things that, that my family thought was charming as being homeschooled. And I, and I should mention that it wasn't, oftentimes I lived in a community with many, many families. So all of those children were homeschooled. And by homeschooled, I mean, there was just no supervision and the adults were just off getting stoned and <laughs> having sex. Um, but they would they thought, the adults would think it would be really um, kind of charming if the kids could um, award each other with sort of like, it's almost like say something nice about your sister kind of a mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so uh, very early on, I, uh, I, I was awarded the um, know-it-all award. <laughs> Um, and then later, when I got older, I was awarded the Head Bitch Award. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I don't really take pride in either of those, but it really defined, like, I just was a, I was a controlling, um, even back then, I was the controlling bitch that I am today. Um, we would have been friends. With yeah. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. so I'm easily bossed, and I don't mind. <laughs> so, um, but this is, this is the first and only award I think. No, I did win one other award. I did win another, one other award. But this is the first award um, that I ever really sort of, that I ever won, like a for real award. And I, and I went after it. I'm going <laughs> to say that right now. I went after it. <clears throat> this was, um, for any of you who have uh, maybe listened to um, 
the podcast in the past. This is um, set in the same time as the first time I did something really disgusting. Did right? the grossest thing. The, did the grossest Which thing. Which is also the follow-up to my period speech yes. career. Yes, yes. Yeah. So this is the same time period in which I, in search of a bathroom, climbed a chain-link fence and took a shit in a miniature golf. <laughs> <laughs> of course. If that doesn't quest your appetite, night, I yes. don't know what Um... And I will say that, um, and, and uh, you uh, you also heard me talk about my weight goes up and down my whole life. At this point, definitely one of my highest weights and um, uh, didn't have a lot of money. So I didn't have a lot of um, nice clothes. Um, and that'll pl- that'll pay, in- pay off later when I get to <laughs> the end of this story. So um, I, at the time, was living in a trailer park uh, with some heroin addicts and some gay guys. And um, how old are you? Uh, I was uh, 18. Okay. So I'd been out on my own for a couple of years. And um, I knew I wanted to move to LA. And, but I also knew that I wanted to move to LA with a job. Like I felt like that was important. And I wanted to come here and do comedy, but I had to have a job. Um, and I just thought like that was responsible. And even though, like, at the time I was just a raging drug addict, and I just thought, like, but I was a complete fuck up I just basically did drugs all night slept in got up and watched um soap operas during the day and just hung out in the trailer park um that was sort of my life and I think I worked at Kmart for a little while but anyway um, <laughs> that makes it better I know I think they owe me money actually you know like you find out like oh you still have money like I think Kmart owes me like $18 oh. yeah. <laughs> um, um so uh I, so I, but I thought, okay, well, I, I want to come, I want to move to LA with a job, so I need to get a job with a company that would transfer me to Los Angeles. So smart. I had, yeah, right. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. smart for a, a stupid kid. <laughs> um, so I got a job with the LA Times selling the paper over the phone, hmm. and um, I thought, well, how hard could this be? And um, <laughs> So basically all you do when you, and this is way before automation, like this was, I mean, there was some automation involved here. I'm sure that if you worked at a phone room now or whatever they might call it today, it would just like probably automatically dial things for you Mm -hmm. and whatever, not true in in this case. So I, this was in, um, I was living in Ventura. So I got the job uh, for the LA Times North Regional Office for Ventura County. So I'm basically selling to anybody who sort of lives Camarillo, like Ventura, Camarillo, Thousand Oaks, Oxnard, to get the LA Times. And this is pre-internet, so like you can't just get the news. Like you have to get the paper. Right. Those were some of the things that I might have said had I know what the internet was. Like I, was I was always sort of <laughs> this thing that's when talking, get right? When talking to people, it was always like you, you, you're you're short on something, and this is going to fill that gap. Um, just try to prey on their weakness. Um, so, uh, the room that I worked in was just, it, it's about as bleak as you can think it should be. Like if, if you were, if you were art directing a movie in which somebody worked in a phone room in the nineties, what it would look like. It was just like this big empty room, uh, corporate kind of, um, uh, like industrial park kind of building with fluorescent light bulbs and just desks with phones sitting on them. And they, and when you would come in, you would pick up your sheets, your phone sheets. And the phone sheets were basically like 
often mimeographed Xeroxed copies. So they had those <laughs> dots all over them. Once they'd like, you'd copy a copy, a copy, a copy, a copy. And so it'd be smeared and dotted and whatever. And they were just like, this was the LA Times. I thought this was like my first peek behind the curtain of like, this is so unprofessional. Um, <laughs> and the, basically it would be at the top of the, at the top of the page would be the first seven the, the prefix, I think it would be the prefix. So it would be like, okay, so you're calling 646. And then the sheet would be 1000, 1001, 1002. So you're just going, you're just dialing 646, 1000, 646, 1001, 646, 1002, 646, right. So like today, I'm sure computers sort of eliminate businesses and numbers that you shouldn't call, but we were just literally just, and then you just check a box. Oh, that's one, that's two. And that was the whole night. And you would go in. And um, I I remember seeing the episode of Seinfeld when Kramer said he was going to be the best cab driver. Like, he was going to be a cab driver. He wasn't just going to be a cab driver. He was going to be the best cab driver. I sort of had that mentality of, like, I'm going to be the best <laughs> Los Angeles Times salesperson <laughs> that has ever lived. I'm going to sell so many newspapers. Because I was determined to get transferred. Like, that was the thing. I had to be good enough that if I said... I'm going to leave, that they'd be like, don't leave. We're going to give you a job in Los Angeles. We need you closer to the action anyway. Yeah. We're going to put you down in we the city. We need you in the 323s yes, and the exactly. 310s. There were no 323s or 310s. It was all 213 in LA. Oh, yeah. All 213. Um, so, and it was really, I mean, again, if you, it was central casting. It was just the most pathetic. I mean, I was one of them, the most pathetic people. <laughs> Who else are you going to get to sit in a room and go 646-1000, 646-1001, and talk to people? And 60% of the time, nobody's home or busy signal. Um, and you were supposed to circle back, and you had little um, codes that you had to mark, like B for busy and X if it was da 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 the number you have reached, right. right? So you had all these little, like, codes, and you would just turn in your sheets at the end of the night. I don't know what anybody did with them. <laughs> and it was just, um, and all you did, it's all you did was just dial. And then if you got somebody on the phone, you like the girl who you know within 30 seconds if you want to kiss somebody. You know yeah. within 30 seconds if somebody's going to engage with you on this phone conversation. Um, and I, I just would ask, like I would listen to the people around me and think like, they're not getting to know. <laughs> the person on the other end like they're not they're not asking questions about like you know what do you do and at, so I would say like what do you do oh you're you know you're a teacher oh well Thursdays we do a whole thing on literature you would love it you could just get Thursday delivery you couldn't but I was like you <laughs> could <laughs> <laughs> just like oh you just want to get the, the Thursday edition or you listen the coupons I would talk about the coupons because the coupons if you use the coupons the coupons would pay for itself that was the biggest thing that I did like mm. listen what's your favorite food oh uh, Frosted Flakes, well, every Sunday there's at least two or three cereal coupons and you could cut those out and if you save those uh, and you take them to the grocery store, you will easily pay for your subscription. So I just was I, I was, I was really like for somebody who for most of my life cared little to nothing about nothing, mm -hmm. I was really committed to doing a good job. Um, and I really tried uh, to find my award to, to, I'm going to find it before May 1st so I can scan it and put it up. Um, so I, 
at the end of the night, you would like, how many subscriptions did you sell? And it was like, every night, I was like, yeah, I sold eight subscriptions. I sold 12, so every day, like, I'm personal best. It was like, it was like, uh... Uh, breaking away that, <laughs> that movie where like I'm gonna be I'm gonna best myself every night and it really never occurred to me that there would be an award I just was really <laughs> I just really wanted to be the best um, LA Times salesperson I could be and the award for me was getting transferred um, when I moved to LA so um, and I talked to a lot of people and I t- and people would be like surprisingly open about like how broke they were and like or maybe they, maybe it was bullshit but just like we can't afford the paper oh why what do you do and he says we get into it but you have to like gauge it because you can't waste your time yeah you have to like keep going so uh right around the time that I was getting ready to move um to LA I uh told the um, supervisor that I wanted to talk to them because I was going to go in and ask for this um, transfer. And they said, oh, that's great. You know what? Actually, we want to talk to you. So I came in (laughs) to his office, and uh, he said, "Um, tomorrow you're going to be presented with the North Regional Sales Most Subscriptions Ever Sold Los Angeles Times Award, and like somebody's coming up from Los Angeles to present you with a plaque, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, I actually did it. (laughs) I actually like, I'm actually the best. I am the best. I wanted to be the best, and I am the best. And then, literally, like in a television show, he was like, "So, what did you want to ask me?" And in my mind, I was thinking, "Well, now I can't leave." I'm the best. I found my calling. I need to stay here. Oh. <laughs> and I said, nothing, nothing. Like, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Um, so the next day, um, I dressed up. Now, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> I was at my heaviest. So, you know, probably around 300 pounds. And I had no money. So when you see this picture, when I find it, and I will find it, I look like a fucking crazy person in this picture. I'm wearing like some um, like plaid men's shirt over a black t-shirt, and I have no makeup on, and my hair is like crazy, and it's just like this. This oh, I've won picture. Like it's just, but I'm so genuinely happy. Like you can see behind, sort of like the dark depressing light in my eyes that I had through most of my teenage years you can see that there was like a little bit of like I'm the best um and I was presented with the award in um in this horrible room (laughs) with the push button phones and like it was sort of like more than anything it was a it was a pain in the ass for the people who were just trying to make calls because the more you sold the more money you made like it was there was there was some bonuses yeah. too. Did it wasn't the whole staff have to come like sit through the ceremony? It was just me. So it was like, <laughs> we're going to take a break. Mary Jo has won an award. And, uh, you know, Jack from corporate is here to give it to her. And it was like, and they took my picture and then it was like a Polaroid picture and put it like it goes in the plaque. <laughs> oh. And, uh, and I, had, when you see this, it, I, I have to find it. I know that I have it. Um, I look terrible. I mean, I just look, I look like the kind of person who spends their time dialing phone numbers in a corporate industrial park building selling Los Angeles Times subscriptions. Um, 
And uh, I accepted the award. And then I said to the corporate guy, I said, I would really like to come work for you in Los Angeles. Do you think we could arrange a transfer? And he said, um, no, we don't do transfers, but just show up and tell them that you want to work there and they'll hire you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Time I could have just gone down there. Of course, who the fuck wants to work selling the fucking newspaper over the phone for the Los Angeles Times? It was the worst job, but I just was so determined to make it good. So I won the award, and it's I have a plaque, and I will find it before May first, and I will scan it, and you will see I looked ridiculous in what I thought was a fairly nice outfit. Right. Um, you dressed up. I dressed up because I was getting an award. I didn't know they were going to take my picture, but I was told I was going to get this award. So I won. Yay! How long was this timeline from the beginning of this plot to the, like... Oh, how long did I, like, sell papers to get to that place? To get to the place where you could transfer. Probably six months. <laughs> you mean oh, you I'm really <laughs> glad you weren't like... Three and a half years. No, it's probably like six months. Like I had this, I mean, I thought it was such a smart move. Mm-hmm. It is smart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But like, it's one thing if I was working at Kmart and got transferred. Yeah. I was fucking selling the paper over the phone where they were just like, you could just but walk honestly, in and hire anybody. But honestly, why would that guy be like, this person actually has a knack for something. Why wouldn't I put her in a better job at the LA Times? Right. Because think about Jack from corporate, as you call him. Right. Hates every second of his day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hates the fact that he had to drive. He had to all drive the to, way Ventura. to Ventura. And then has somebody. How do you transfer? And he goes, just apply for a company. <laughs> <laughs> he was Don't way want it past so much, the kid. point where he was trying to be the best. Yeah, trying to be. He can be. Act like you've been there, kid. <laughs> Why would you want to? <laughs> so how long did you work so, in L.A.? Yeah, yeah, so I did. I, I transferred. Um, <laughs> transferred Slash to the L.A. office. <laughs> I just sort of showed up, and they, and they were like, do you know what the phone sheets are? Oh, you already know? Great, go for it. Do you know who I am? Did you show them your resume? This is what I will say. It was a hell of a lot harder to sell the L.A. Times in L.A. Probably more people were getting it. Everybody already gets it. So I was really like, what? This is so hard. Like, it had not been hard. I mean, I'm a talker, an improviser. Yeah. Like, this is not a big deal. I'll sit and chat with people all night long. But this was like, we get it. We got it. We already get it. We already get it. Hang up. Hang up. Hang up. <laughs> what years? What years were these? Uh, nine, uh, 90. 1990. Oh. Yeah. Because I got sold LA Times via phone in 1997 when I moved to LA. So this 95. is what so this is what happened. This before this ends, I'm gonna say I got peer pressured by someone. Like I um, when I, I don't know, I guess I just was never that good because what happened was. <laughs> what do you mean? You won an award in Ventura. So now uh, I'm in LA. It's the big time, big, right? It's so it's now and this show, time I'm You're sitting in a show, I'm sitting man. in a, um, a corporate office on Ocean Park Boulevard. Oh, <laughs> Uh, that ocean, we're crossing from Ocean Park. Um, oh, it's nice. like Ocean Park and um, 30th, it's like it's somewhere, 30, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, it's where we all audition. Well, it's like a really pretty place on the outside, but on the inside, it's just another room with um, push button phones and sheets. Um, <clears throat> and I am not, I'm not the best. I'm not even close to being the best. And um, <laughs> and I also, by the way, I don't have a car, and I live in Palms. So I have to take a bus. So now I have to take a bus from Palms to Santa Monica. Where is Palms? 
Palms is like more, more vista. vista oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't feel bad for you. I took way longer bus trips. Yes, I know you did. <laughs> yeah, that's not um, But at the time, like, I was like, there's an ocean I'm park an award-winning bus. salesperson, and I'm taking the bus <laughs> to my job. So I start. So I, so it was. A, it was just. My point is, like, it took longer to get there. Like, and then it, I wasn't making as much money, and so. This is where the story kind of takes a dark turn. <laughs> I thought winning the award was dark. <laughs> no, I um, basically started lying to people. <laughs> like, you can order it for a week, and if you don't like it, you just leave like and leave a note outside your door, and they'll st- <laughs> stop. They'll stop bringing it, so that I could just like at the end of the night that I would sell something. Like I totally sold out. I did sell out. I sold something. I sold my soul. Like I, I stopped being good. This award winning like, and also like, <laughs> like I came down from the North Region, you guys, with an award. It didn't matter. No. It didn't matter. I, I turned into a liar. And then one day, this is how my career with the LA Times ended. I was just <laughs> sitting there, and I'd been hung up on a million times. I was just looking around, and I was like, this sucks. And I left. Oh. Like, I didn't say anything to anybody. I just got up, and I left, and I went home. Did you get la- your last paycheck? Do they owe you money? They probably owe me money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of- they probably owe me money. And I ended up, I my next job, I ended up working for um, this Iranian guy who had started um, a company called The Talking Yellow Pages, which was in um, direct um, competition with 1-800-DENTIST, which had just started. Oh. Yeah. And he, this Iranian guy was like going to take down Fred Joyle because he only does dentists. But Talking Yellow Pages was the whole thing. So you could call up and you could say, I'm looking for a dentist in Westchester. And I would say, oh, 90045. And I would look it up and then like punch in a number. I don't know why I'm telling this story. Other than except that like that was the, my next step up was I went from selling the Los Angeles Times to being a Talking Yellow Pages author. <laughs> did you Do lie you know? about how much the discount that he had on their teeth work? I did not. <laughs> I've told the truth, the absolute truth. Thank you. Yay! All right. Let's go around the table and people tell people where you can find you. Pete, Mm. Pete Zayas. I have a podcast called Cha-Cha Heels. Mm -hmm. You can find it on iTunes and (laughs) chachaheelspodcast.blogspot.com. And um, you could follow me on Twitter at Pete Zayas. And uh, you can watch my Rachel Dolezal video, (laughs) Rachel Dolezal's book tour, um, (laughs) on my YouTube channel, The Pete Zayas Show. Yes. yes, very impressive, Sarah. I don't, I don't know, I don't remember anything. Do you want me to look you up? Um, I am on TV sometimes, and other times, and I'm in movies. She's Yay! on real. Yay! Wait, I'll find it. Wait, she's you're on, on Twitter. She was I am on, on Twitter. Um, I, I'm either Barra Sakers or Barra Saker because there's a million Sarah I think Bakers. You're so I just Saker. switched my first letters of my name. But you guys, if you are watching Big Little Lies, Sarah Baker. Oh, yeah. You're oh. so funny on it. Oh, thanks. Well. She's, uh, My part is tiny, but it, it's Barra a good show. Sarah Saker. Pop up yeah. and something. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Most Bullshit. pictures of her are with her eyes closed, which I enjoy. Very That's fun. my friend Dennis Gubbins makes me do that. It's very funny. Oh, thanks. You know Dennis? I know Dennis. Yeah. Nice, mm-hmm. guy. Oh, yeah. nice fellow. I like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on all social media at Bronstone Jones. 
and that's a T, like so not Bronson, Charles Bronson, but Bronston Jones. Mm-hmm. And every Wednesday night, you can find me in Venice at the Venice Townhouse doing stand-up comedy. Run that show; it's a lot of fun. Free, come down, have a good it's time. It's free. Yeah. Oh, God, I'll be there. Yeah, it's awesome. The people we get there, unbelievable. I can't believe it comes down. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna come. Yeah, you should come. All right, then. Come see my little baby, six years old. Yeah. Almost. Aww. Aww. He means the comedy club, not his kid. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ian is still in a dumpster. at yeah. Ian Screams. Yeah. And uh, IanScreams.com also, right? Yeah. The music now, though, is not Ian Screams originals. It's biblical proof of UFOs, right? The last three episodes in this one. Mm-hmm. Who knows? What but the beginning and ending music is always provided by Ian or Ian's band. The pictures are always provided by Chick McClure, T. Chick McClure, which is at... Uh, T Chick Photo. At T Chick Chick at T Chick Photo.com. Or just T Chick Photo.com. I'm Colleen Smee, C O L L E E N S M I. I'm at Mary Jo L A. Or on Facebook at Mary Just just Mary Jessman. And our website might be changing soon, I think. Yes, we're working on our website. But I think we got our dot com. We got our dot com. Yeah, we bought it. But we're always at myfirsttime.net. Spell it first. Yeah. That's where you see And find us on Facebook too. And pictures. Yeah. And download us on iTunes if you haven't already because you're listening already. Yeah. Thank you. Yay! Yay!